Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. Today we kick off my hometown, my home state of Missouri. We'll be in St. Louis and we'll talk with Jerry Rabushka after we talk about the Soulard Blues Fest. Growing up in St. Louis, the blues was such a strong influence in my life. It has been and continues to be. In fact, one of the logos we use features a band called the Alabama Serenaders, an old ragtime band from back in the 30s. Well, that's my grandfather right there in the middle playing the, the clarinet. The Soulard Blues Festival showcases the deep-rooted blues heritage and tradition throughout the entire area. It's called the B3 Blues Festival. It's in St. Louis. It's an outdoor concert festival held in a historic Soulard Market. Great blues acts, music, industry workshops. They partner up with vendors throughout Soulard with food and beverages, family activities, face painting. They even have beer. It's the B3 Blues Fest in Soulard. It's www.soulardb3fest.com. They're already getting geared up for May of 2024. And before you know it, we're going to be there. If you haven't uh, been approached by them or want to be approached by them, contact them at that website about being a performer or just come to the show. It'll be a lot of fun. It's a one-day show, and it's called the Soulard B3 Fest. Jerry Rabushka, have you played blues before? I have actually played some blues, and I didn't start out doing that, but... Part of what I do now is we play really early blues, W.C. Handy, 1919, 1920. Love it. Yeah. And you're in a lot of different bands. I met you. I met Jerry at a farmer's market down at Tower Grove Park in St. Louis. And it's a huge farmer's market. And I needed a brisket to smoke. And there's a certain vendor there I go see all the time where I get a really good fresh brisket. And I heard uh, kind of a ragtime type of song kind of a scott joplin rag kind of music and it was you and a guy named cherry and you guys were then performing as cherry and jerry that's how we met why don't you tell what that's about so cherry and jerry i'm a piano player and i'm jerry and cherry is a percussionist he plays right now he plays the cajon and the cymbal and a little bell tree and we play ragtime and early blues and early jazz music and all that kind of thing. And we have a larger group, and it used to be six of us, but thanks to COVID and various things, it's now three. And we have another sax player with us. His name is John Waitis. And for that, we're called the Ragged Blade Band. And we pretty much play that same music with a baritone sax kind of keeping up the low end of it. And I do solo stuff as well. So that's a, a quick introduction to who we are and what we do. And you're in other bands or you play with other musicians and other projects? What is that? Pretty much that's it. Some of the songs you're going to hear today are with a project that I did a while ago with some other musicians. And one of them, uh, Josh Bohm, is a guitarist that used to be in our band, but he is currently living in Nashville, living the dream. So uh, it's a little bit too far away. (laughs) So tell us your background. How did you get started? Where are you from? Are you from St. Louis originally? I am from St. Louis, and yes, the where did you go to high school question we all ask. That's right. That's the next question. I went to Clayton High School. Okay. 
when I was younger. Uh, my older brother was very, very into classical music, and he's kind of known for by some as like a more avant-garde classical composer. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up a lot of knowledge just from him and from listening to records. I got into composing my own stuff, and I got more... I guess I moved on a little bit into popular styles and more folky and country and you name it. I've tried to do it at one point. And, uh, you know, I, back in the day, I tried writing new wave and then I got more into this kind of country stuff. And then I discovered ragtime music randomly, maybe 12 years ago or so. Oh, really? Because, well, I pretty much played my own music. And then one day I'm kind of like, well, I kind of want to do something different. And I was looking through this list of classical music to uh, download and maybe learn a piece. Because I mm-hmm. used to play a lot of Mozart when I was a kid. But in all this classical music was St. Louis rag. And I'm like, well, okay, it says St. Louis. I've never tried ragtime. I hear it's a challenge. So I tried St. Louis rag. And it took me forever. And yeah. <laughs> rag time and so from there i started wanting to learn more rags and more history I got into the music of the era which is early blues early jazz some show tunes uh just uh all kind of stuff so now when we go out usually it's like it says either the ragged blade band or cherry and jerry and when we do a show it is a mix of all that so it's not just an hour of ragtime. you get some ragtime, some blues some popular music of the time little bit of jazz and uh, so kind of a whole panoply of maybe pre-prohibition a little bit later do you write any of your own stuff with the feel or flavor of that era i haven't in a while but i have done it i think around nine years ago there was a ragtime composition contest by a it was called the blind boon festival in columbia and i was a top Mm. finalist in that so i've got a couple ragtimey pieces and uh, it did i guess inspire yeah the music that i write now mm-hmm. which i haven't written much of, but i did yeah you know anything you play tends to go into that i guess so what does playing in st louis look like these days for you there's if you're gonna play ragtime this being the uh home of ragtime i guess or it was at one time the ragtime capital there's a lot of people here who play really good ragtime and we tour we go through illinois through missouri maybe up into uh, iowa wisconsin down to kentucky we kind of do a midwestern thing yeah we uh, do wineries brew pubs um we play a lot of senior communities because they love the old music mm-hmm. festivals um, I think one of the cool things we did, we went out to Nevada, Missouri, yeah. and we played for uh, the Bushwhacker Museum. <laughs> they had us in the old theater called, I think it's now the Star Theater, but one of the composers we played, Clarence Woods, actually worked in that theater, so we got to play his music in a place where he worked, say, 100 years ago. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. I just like telling that story. <laughs> when you first started playing out, was that when you were in high school? And did you play rock and roll back then? Or did you start off playing this kind of music or what? Oh, I was very, I guess, kind of more classical oriented. I 
tried playing Mozart, not really in public. One of the cool things I did, though, when I was 17, we had what at Clayton High, the student-run musical. And so the students wrote the script, they wrote the music, they, you know, they did the whole thing themselves. Yeah. And you can imagine. But ours was really pretty good. And I got together like 16 players and wrote and orchestrated the uh, music for this piece. And I remember thinking when I was done, I could do this for a living. You know, I felt like yeah. this is really what I want to be. But of course, that didn't really happen. <laughs> I guess when I was in my mid-20s, I started playing and I had a synthesizer, an old prophet. Oh. So I would basically improvise shows on that for a while. I didn't play out that much, but that's what I did. I started writing a few songs. They were kind of weird, I guess. You know, <laughs> you try to annoying when you're 21, 22. Yeah, the, the angst-driven uh, yeah. uh, melodies and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tempered at that age. You know, by 16, 17, you could write write the hell out of anything, but by 21, 22, you're kind of like, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I look back and there's a lot of the, you were mean to me, you know, songs. <laughs> but, uh, Great songs when you write them, but 20 years later, it just sounds like whining, right? <laughs> it does, yeah. There's a few that I still like, and sometimes I'm like, I should just change the words to that. I'm just delving into songwriting now the last couple of years, and I've learned that I can write about as well as I can play guitar. I can write, but I'm not a songwriter. I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. So tell yeah. me about tell me about this first song. The first song is called Chains. What's it about? So Chains is actually kind of an old song. I wrote it in 1989 or 1990. Uh -huh. I was all 29, I guess. And it's basically one of those don't get involved with somebody who says that we're sharing a bed, but we're really not partners. That's the lesson learned from that. So it's sort of like, I know you love me, but somebody else is there instead. So good luck. Mm -hmm. I've always just liked the song. I kind of feel that if there's like one song I wrote, that's just going to be the classic Jerry Rabushka song. It's going to be changed. You get the call from Nashville. You get the call from Austin. You get the call from LA. And they're all vying to have you record their uh, record with their label. This is the song you want recorded, right? I think so. Yeah. It's is not, try to teach a couple other people to sing it. It's not easy to sing because it's kind of the rhythm is very talky, I guess. It's, yeah, but it's, it's a real cool rhythm. What I, I remember from hearing about it, there's a, uh, it's not really rap, right? And no. it's not really it's not really melodic through the whole thing. But you have uh, some rapid fire lyrics in there. Yeah, it's sort of I kind of consider it sort of folky. And when you hear it, you'll hear the piano part is just basically arpeggios for like three and a half minutes. <laughs> guitarist on it, his name is Jake Lewis. And I uh, actually met Jake at a Walgreens and we started talking and he came over and recorded the song with me and he added a lot of cool stuff to it. Yeah, it was cool. And though I haven't talked to him in a bit, but uh, this song was recorded, I think about 10 years ago now. In St. Louis? In St. Louis. Yeah, actually just at home. 
Wow. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, give a I, listen here. The song is called Chains. Our guest today, Jerry Rabushka from St. Louis, Missouri on the Music of America podcast. called change jerry rabushka our guest here on the music of america podcast from st louis missouri my old holden town although technically i was born in peoria illinois i grew up and was raised in st louis you know you meet you fall in love you commit to each other that's kind of the easy part but somehow after 
two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned. You disagree more. You're feeling more disillusioned at times. Well, this period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. This is usually when couples seek out like a therapist to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever is dedicated to help couples that need to find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better. It offers exercises to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever, it's not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And if you do the work, you do these exercises and do them together, apply the lessons learned, you'll absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like forever. Two Years After Forever, www.twoyearsafterforever.com, author Mike Pollard, Two Years After Forever, available at Amazon today and forever. And back with Jerry Rabushka, I got to tell you this real quick, Jerry, and, and most people that have followed the show at this point know that we're not live. These are pre-recorded shows that play on designated dates. Well, today I recorded some gentleman from Mississippi who bases a lot of his show on instrumental songs from movies. <laughs> so the, the next song of yours, I have it written down as credits for the box, but it's actually... You wrote music for the closing credits scene, if you would, for a movie called The Box. Tell me how that whole thing happened, how that's set up, and how you got that gig. One of my bucket list things has always been to do a feature film movie score. And uh, I have a friend who's been an actor that most uh, folks in the St. Louis uh, theater scene know. His name is Charlie Hoogleman, and he's always been really good at saying, hey, get Jerry to do some music for you. So The Box is a movie directed by a guy named David Linder. And David was looking for a composer, and Charlie gave him my name. And basically, uh, he came over every week, and we would work on, you know, hey, I'm looking for this kind of music for this and that kind of music for that. Yep. And The Box is a kind of an 80s kind of sci-fi movies so it gave me a chance to bring out my 80s old time synthesizers and use a lot of kind of old-fashioned sounds with it and so if you just heard chains this is a whole different thing <laughs> sound but it was really cool to because the movie played at the st louis international film festival down actually. in uh u city on delmar um, this was at the high point theater oh so yeah yeah that area so it's really neat to, you know, go to a theater you've been going to all your life and suddenly you wrote the music in the movie and you know the people on the screen. And so that was really lots of fun. Did you know the producers or something or how'd that happen? Well, know the producers for the movie. The movie. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I was kind of introduced to the guy, David, who directed it and wrote it. Yeah. So that's how that all happened. And, uh, the whole movie score was done electronically on keyboards and synthesizers and and stuff like that. And what was kind of cool was a lot of the people he had were people I'd worked with 
I'm also a playwright. I had a theater company in town for a while. So well, I, we knew, I did. Yes. There's a lot of them. Before we were the Ragged Blade Band, I was the Ragged Blade Theater Company. Okay. Plays in a church in the West End. And when the church kind of closed down and I had been doing it for 11 years, I was like, I'm happy. I'm good. So we <laughs> started the Ragged Blade Band and played a lot of the songs I'd written for theater. Okay. And then, lo and behold, it started morphing into a ragtime group, you know, a few years down the line. Is that your niche, or is that what you enjoy, or is it both, the ragtime thing? A little of each. Uh, to be honest, I was earlier on really trying to get my own songs kind of out to the public. Uh -huh. And then I started playing ragtime. I'm like, hey, we've got a marketing tool here. I can go to a place and say, hey, we got historic music for y'all. Uh -huh. And a lot of people were picking up on that, and it made it a lot easier to get gates. Because, you know, believe it or not, Scott Joplin and W.C. Handy are bigger names than Jerry Rabushka. And <laughs> now that's kind of what we do. And we do talks on, like, the music at libraries and museums and yeah. that kind of thing. Ever been to New Orleans? Yes. Actually, I met Jerry in New Orleans. Oh, no kidding. Well, I'll be darned. On the street corner in front of the Natchez. Well, I'll be darned. One thing I'm kind of proud of back in the day when my band was much bigger, we did a recording of St. Louis Blues, and we did all the verses and all the choruses, which runs a good eight minutes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of words to it, and I've not found another recording where somebody does all those lyrics. So I Writing for a soundtrack credits screen. Yeah. What's your inspiration for that? How do you... When, where do you draw from to say this is what I or, or was it because you always wanted to do a soundtrack you kind of knew this is what we're going to do for a credit scene yeah by the time I got to the credits I had done a lot of the music for the rest of the movie uh -huh. so a lot of those credits were taking the themes for various things from the rest of the movie kind of throwing them all together and it allowed me more freedom than the rest of the movie because there was no dialogue or no scene changes. So I could just kind of ramble on with these little themes for a good five minutes or so. And I was kind of happy with how it came out. Well, we're going to, we're going to be happy here too, because we're going to listen to it. Jerry Rabushka, our guest here on the music of America podcast. And this is the uh, ending credits for a movie called the box.
That's Jerry Rabushka, and those are the closing credits for a movie called The Box that Jerry wrote the soundtrack. Um, I guess the whole show, right? You wrote the whole movie. That's correct. There's about 80 minutes of movie and probably a good 72 minutes of music. So yeah. <laughs> well worth going to listen to, right? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about, about Jackson, Tennessee in a minute, but I'm going to talk about another one of my friends and sponsors and St. Louisans. So Octave Mandolins. That's Joe Mandel's signature piece of art. Gives you that sweet tone that's somewhere between the mandolin and the guitar. It has the mandolin punch while also delivering the sustain and the range of a guitar. And he builds them to your specifications. So you may prefer like the Adirondack top or maybe you prefer that over the Sitka. Maybe like the Sitka Bever. Maybe, maybe you like black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, maple. You select the wood. You select the style, and Joe Mendel will make it for you. Your very own octave mandolin, all in part flavor of their own to the tone. I call them Mendel's Mandos. He calls them the octave mandolin. Joe Mendel's Frets, www.joemendelsfrets.com. Joe's about our age, too, and he's also a St. Louis boy. But I think he's a slew boy. And for those that are tuning in, they, they don't maybe know the, if they know somebody from St. Louis, then they know the question that whenever somebody says they're from St. Louis, the next question is, where did you go to high school? So Joe went to SLU, I went to Afton, and you went to Clayton. That's right. And it is not a joke. It is for real. They will still do that. If they don't like the school, that conversation is over. Or, or if they don't recognize the school, they'll say, where did you play soccer? Oh, I didn't heard that one. That's that's another one I've heard uh, just the last couple of years. But it, it fits so much because there's so many – at one time, at least, there were so many Catholic schools. And if you want to play soccer, you had to go to a nearby Catholic school because there just weren't public teams. You know, you played for Seven Holy Founders or St. George or Mary Magdalene's or, you know, whatever. So Jackson, Tennessee, this is about an experience you had there, right? Actually, it's an about it's about an experience I didn't have. Yeah, but, uh, I I had a uh, friend I never really met him, but we were you know in touch on the internet, and he lives in Jackson. And I said, hey, you know, I'd love to come down there and play some music with my group. And he worked really hard to try to put me up with venues or give me contacts. And this went on for quite a while, and I never got anywhere with it. So I wrote Jackson, Tennessee. The uh, tagline is, I will never play a song in Jackson, Tennessee. And I, I made it as a uh, a love song, you know, Love Gone Bad. But that was really the, the gist of it was I was just sort of a little uh, kind of aggravated and disappointed, to be honest. And I'm not giving up on Jackson, Tennessee. But at the time, it just wasn't happening after a lot of effort. Well, Jerry, so, you're young enough. You can get down there and play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely. We get to Paducah a lot, so I'm sure Jackson's Paducah is one of the coolest, coolest cities, I think. One of the best unheard of, or un, unpopular, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I'm least sorry. publicized, least advertised? It is a wonderful place. We love going to Paducah. We were just there last weekend, and uh, yeah, it's it's so of- It's so quiet and so peaceful and so south. And you get all that. And, and my first visit was, everything was, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, yes, sir. You know, everybody was just so polite. And like, 
Well, um, we're going here for music. Oh, you're gonna love it there, sugar. The music is good, but it ain't so loud. And that, and that. I just, I just loved it. And then the, they've got a whole mural of the Mississippi down there, which is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, we uh, we got to play at what's called Barbecue on the River in Paducah. Which oh, how is, fun! I've always wanted to go to that. Yeah, if you like, well, obviously the barbecue. <laughs> Great time, and we were really honored to be chosen as one of the groups to to play there. When you do a show like that, do you do 45 minutes or do you do a couple hours? That one was 40 minutes. They had kind of like the larger stage where you would play like, I think, an hour and 20, and then we were yeah. on the stage. So they, they only had one band at a time. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah, different festivals have different timings, but it went fast, but it was uh, it was a good fast. And you brought up that you do festivals. Do you do more festivals in the Missouri area, in the Midwest, or do you go all over the country, all over the world? What do you do? We're mainly, I guess, Midwestern, mm -hmm. kind of uh, the Big River Steampunk Festival a few times up in Hannibal, and uh, we've played at the George Washington Carver National Monument down in oh, Diamond, cool. Missouri by Joplin yeah, yeah. a couple times. And, well... That was my, my first radio gig yeah, was in Joplin. Kind of oh, really? Neat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know in New Orleans they have the, the Natchez, and that's where you met Cherry. But they used to do one in Missouri, too, I thought, that went, well, like the Admiral went down to Jefferson Barracks and turned around and came back. But I thought they used to do a cruise either from, like, just north of here, maybe up by Hannibal, or maybe it was Memphis up to Hannibal and back. I could so see you guys on an old showboat. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, to, to bring back that whole idea of the showboat concept and play your music on a paddle wheel. Yeah, it was the music that was played up and down the river, a lot of this stuff. But mm -hmm. One thing I tell people about ragtime is when you live in St. Louis, a lot of your history is up the street or around the corner. A lot of music was composed you know, right here mm -hmm. and played in Forest Park and stuff like that. So it's a very cool thing to, you know, get a piece of sheet music and realize that, oh, wow, this came from, you know, Olive and 7th Street downtown or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, Dave Beardsley, who will be on later this week, runs this Soulard B3 Fest that comes oh. up every year. And we got talking about blues styles. You got Chicago style. You know, and then you got the, like, the Memphis style. You got the Delta Blues. You got, I said, what is the St. Louis Blues style? He says, it's piano. In a word, piano. And it's what ragtime evolved into with the blues and how ragtime and the blues got together and created that St. Louis sound. And, man, you guys nail it. Or you do, you know. I like to. I, I tend to play, I think, from a composer's perspective of, I, you know, look at the sheet music and try to be, okay, what does he or she want me to do here? And mm -hmm. try the best I can to bring that to life. Of course, with 120 intervening years, who knows, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been challenging and it's been rewarding at the same time. Let me ask you this then, Jerry, because you've done a soundtrack to a movie now and uh, you get a call from somebody who says, we want you to score a movie for us. What style of movie would you like to do the most? I'm a pretty good songwriter, and I haven't written a song in a while. And so just to get the inspiration back, I think that'd be kind of 
cool. I, I like movies where, you know, sometimes that really cool heart grabbing song just comes on like over what's going on. Man. Yeah. That would be kind of neat. Out of your songs we're listening to or listening to today, uh obviously one's already been in a movie, so I guess it's between Chains and, and Jackson, Tennessee. Which would you feature? You said Chains, I think, earlier. I think I may have asked that question already. Chains is kind of like I said, it's the Jerry Legacy song, but I yeah. think Jackson is kind of really cool too. And uh, see, I, I had a, a vision of a movie being made out of the movie Jackson, Tennessee. I think that story, like wanting to, you know, wanting to achieve this, wanting to achieve, they keep getting shut down. And it's not, we're not talking about Nashville, you know, we're not no. talking about Los Angeles or Chicago. I'm on, I just just want to play Jackson, Tennessee, you know, and not being able to do it. It'd be like, I really want to do Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to do Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> but from our perspective, those towns are important. And, yeah, they mean a lot to be able to play in those kind of places. Yeah. And you meet some awesome folks. So if we ever get down to Jackson, I'm sure we will meet some wonderful people. Well, I'm so curious about letting the audience hear the sentiment behind the song. We're going to play it, okay? You ready? One thing I want to mention. Yes. I credit the guitar player, Josh Bohm, uh -huh. and he was part of the Ragged Blade Band, and he put the guitar on, and you'll hear a little, like, Mellotron kind of quietly, and yeah. he did as well. So he helped me with the whole feel of this song. Yeah. But uh, all that said, I hope you like it. There we go. So the song is called Jackson, Tennessee. Our guest, Jerry Rabushka, here on the Music of America podcast. Hiding away in the 
Did not get married in a fever hotter than a pepper sprout. That's Jackson, Mississippi. But this, this is Jackson, Tennessee. And that's our guest, Jerry Rabushka. Jerry, this is, this has been fun. And especially being a fellow St. Louis. And we, I, I feel like I, I personalize these things too much when I start talking to people from places where I lived. But, uh, you know, this one was good. This is good. Uh, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So we talk about, we're in 2024, anything Coming up, uh, you know, I guess uh, Christmas is next week, but we really have to talk about that, unless you want to. But what's going on with you? Where do we find you? How do we support you? How do we get your music? How do we get you to uh, come do our soundtracks? Just whatever. Well, I always like to say I'm one of the easiest people in the world to get a hold of. I'm probably the only one with my name there was a Jerry Rabushka with a lawyer, but sadly he's passed on. So that leaves me. But <laughs> for one, you can find Cherry and Jerry Ragtime Music. Cherry is in Cherry Pie. And we're on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Wow. And made a lot of these fun little videos when we ever we go to a, a place we go to like historic parts of the town and we shoot little videos and have our music behind it uh-huh. that's been a lot of fun you can find the ragged blade band on most of those platforms i know we're on youtube and we're on facebook our facebook page is pretty much where i keep a list of all the cherry and jerry and my own solo performances mm-hmm. kind of up top and in St. Louis, we're going to be uh, several times at Alpha Brewing Company starting January 12th 
in 2024. We'll be back in Paducah. We play at a place called Paducah Beer Works a couple times a year. That's an awesome place. We will be just kind of all over. So um, throughout the year, there's this thing called Oddities and Curiosities Expo, and we're going to be in the Chicago version of that in July. And we are a little more calm during the winter because, obviously, we don't want to be caught in a snowstorm somewhere and if you are a high school <laughs> drama teacher i am also a very good playwright and i have a lot of stuff published by brooklyn publishing that goes out to high school drama departments so you could look that up under my name as well wouldn't that be fun to see uh have you seen any of your productions done locally i've seen them if if we can drive to them yeah it's really cool yeah you know the, uh, and, you know, some high schools are really, really awesome, and some are eh, not that great, but the fact that they're having a good time and all the parents are there, it's uh, that's what it's about. So it's not that's about cool. me getting my name out there so much. It's just people having a good time. Having, yeah, the kids having fun, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and ego gets checked at the door. I love that, man. That's so cool. <laughs> uh jerry i can't wait are you guys doing farmer's market again this year i'm not sure yet but we usually if we aren't going to be doing that one we usually do boulevard farmer's market during the year okay so hopefully um, we'll be doing something yeah we'll get do down it. get set up and get on the b3 get down to Seward blues festival oh yeah that'd be Good. fun all right, Jerry, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. It's Jerry Rabushka, our guest. Up next, this is what happens when you do a podcast from your hometown. Up next is an old bandmate of mine, singer, songwriter, and actor, John Vulo. So join us tomorrow on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.